And that part where he shoots the gerbil out of his ass. That's great. Oh, my God. It won the court case, didn't it? I it hope did. that's how my murder <laughs> yeah. trial ends. I do, too. I'm on fucking trial. If I were on the jury, I would absolutely acquit. A gerbil shooting triumphantly out of Richard Gere's ass with, like, confetti and streamers and, like, everybody has sparklers in the background. There are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. It's the circus! We are four film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered on our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Howdy. Casey. <laughs> and Juice. Oh, hi. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? Last week, we wrapped up Hellish Month with Drive Angry, which was a film. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a new yeah. week and a new month and we are off to the circus that's right it is Cirque du Cinema when we've all got to find a movie involving circuses theme parks just generally anywhere cheap teenage labor is exploited for last <laughs> so Casey you're starting us off for the month what are we watching from 2009 Cirque du Freak the Vampire's Assistant Drum roll, please. It is filled with so many talented actors and two bad yes. ones as the most prevalent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You're not wrong about that, Casey. Yeah. Never a good sign when there's a colon in the title. That, that doesn't bode well. <laughs> Casey, before we get too deep into all the circus acts this week, we need you to get us an elevator pitch in about 10 seconds or less, all right? Here's your setup. You and one of your best friends snuck into a freak show, right? And as all of the cast members are being introduced, everybody is asked to reach under their seats and grab the brochure that explains what the show is about. As you reach under, however, you feel something crawling up your arm. It is a gigantic blue and red spider, and it bites you right in the eyebrow. You got about 10 seconds before you fall unconscious from spider venom. Sell us this movie. What if Baby Kelso got turned into a half-vamp by Amos Hart to get around to pesky child labor laws like the Amish? And what if we focused on that instead of the enchantment of the film? Eight seconds. I feel like you tried to weave that into a Shakespearean tragedy. Let's talk about the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. All right. Cirque de Freak, colon, the vampire's assistant, follows Darren, a spider-obsessed high school nerd who is all about being a good little boy, despite the influence of Steve, his bad best friend. Is he bad or just neglected? Okay, we can all agree that having a blood type of evil is kind of metal as fuck, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, we'll allow it. Darren and Steve sneak out to attend a traveling freak show that shows up, thanks to a very timely flyer for the Cirque du Freak. Oh, get it? Get it? It's the movie name. Ten points, Juice. (laughs) At the Cirque du Freak, they meet a real vampire named Krebsley who also has a human head-sized spider with a one-bite-can-kill-you venom, because why the fuck not? <laughs> Instead of running in terror, Darren stares lovingly into all eight eyes and commits Grand Theft Spider, like the pervy arachnophile he is. That's not the only kind of file he is. One crime oh. at a time, Casey. <laughs> Steve begs Krebsley to join the vampire club, only to get turned down because nobody wants to take care of a child that isn't theirs. Yeah, who wants a shittier buzz from Home Alone who's obsessed with Twilight? That's basically Steve. <laughs> oh. Yeah, nobody yeah. does, Casey. Especially no. not Steve's parents. <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> oh, no. 
Steve learns about the Grand Theft Spider and, like the classic asshole he is, releases it, tries to kill it, and then gets bit in the goddamn face. Yeah. To save Steve, Darren pleads to Krebsley, who agrees to help if Darren becomes his half-vampire assistant. Darren signs up, and without checking the benefits package, his buddy gets saved, but in exchange, Darren has to fake his own death and move into the freak show. No dental, no optical. Okay, but if a bearded Selma Hayek is a freak, I think I could live with that. It turns out that the Cirque is the neutral grounds for a war between vampires and the Vampanese. See, vampires, they don't kill their victims, because, you know, like, getting run out of town for murder sucks. But the Vampanese, they do. And the Vampanese recruit Steve, fulfilling his dusk-from-dawn dreams of vampirism. Steve uses that evil blood he's got to capture Darren's family <laughs> and his new girlfriend. Because this is obviously the best strategy for the Vampanese to recruit Darren, right? Threaten his family? Sure. Yeah. Darren takes the bait like a little baby fish, despite the fact that he refuses to feed and does not realize his full vampire powers yet. Yeah, because he's a good guy vampire. Uh-huh. But to save his family and fight Steve, he sips on his girlfriend's shoulder. And that sweet nectar, it gives him the juice to beat on Steve. <laughs> Krebsley takes on his archenemy of the Vampanese and gets revenge killing his archenemy. Oh, wait a minute, but that means that the Hundred Year Truce is over and we get a <gasps> vampire war. Finally, Ooh. yes. Some big flashy supernatural battles, baby. It's about time. Uh, Dave? Yo. Yeah, this is a coming-of-age story. There's no vampire war. Steve just hops into Mr. Tiny's whip and dips. Darren rolls home, uses hypnosis to trade his parents' memories of being captured for mild PTSD. And then Darren ends up at the Cirque with his girlfriend. Which is, you know, pretty much means that he's now an adult. Because because being an adult is to be a freak! Emancipation's freaky! Jay, you, you said mild PTSD. Not only, I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Their son faked his own death, committed suicide... And then got abducted and got more PTSD on top of that. These people are probably going to kill themselves here within the next couple of months. Why didn't they just erase their memories of having a son? <laughs> Can you imagine being emancipated into, like, a cool circus when you were that age? I would love to. You're out of your square fucking parents' house. No more annoying little sister. You get to pick your own fucking clothes. Hold on, hold on. Am I being emancipated as a human or am I being turned into a vampire? Whatever. I'm going to say vampire because you got to go to the rules. If one of you okay. get turned into a vampire, you got to dress like you're from that era forever. Yeah, for the yeah. rest so, of time. <laughs> All right. So well, you're like a teenager, a mid-teenager, Jay. What's your go-to vampire outfit? So I'm definitely in really tight, probably black jeans that are tore up. I'm wearing... Some kind of skateboard shoes, maybe some Americas at the time. Um, and then I would have like a ratty band t-shirt on, preferably one that was from a concert, but one that I didn't go to, right? One that yeah, I bought at a Goodwill. <laughs> right, Bonus points if the concert was prior to my birth. Because yeah. <laughs> you can't like things just like genuinely. Right, it has right, to. No. You can't even know what the things you're wearing are. Of course, of course. Well, at least you're shopping at Goodwill, Jay. I'm fucking over here shopping at Hot Topic, so. <laughs> All right. Describe it. Put us, give us a feel. Yep, the pants with the loops and the long oh. straps, and they're super baggy, and they're all black. And then the, tur is, the shirt is definitely too tight. You know, it's a really tight shirt. And then the important part is the black eyeliner and black nail polish. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Okay, yeah, yeah. very vampiric. I, well, okay, I mean, in terms of what, if I was 17 years old and I got turned into a vampire, 
what am I going to dress as? Well, that would be about 2002, 2003. What came out in 2002? Well, the second Blade movie came out in 2002. So pretty much that. (laughs) That's what I'm going to dress as. Probably Ron Perlman's character in that. So, you know, trench coat mafia, floor length leather trench coat, leather pants. Maybe if I'm really bold, we're going to go for the Donnie Yen look. So leather pants, mesh top, and a katana. Uh, Hell Dave, yeah. I had something really similar written down of what I guessed yours was going to be at. Uh, yeah. Those leather pants are cargo pants, and you have a two liter of blood in each side. Oh, you yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. That was the great thing about them is you could put a whole two liter in there. Casey, what's your vampire attire? Okay, so this is around the same time as Dave, so you're not going to be able to know I'm a vampire because I am spray tanned dark orange. Dark orange, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, I've got the ultra low rise micro skirt on. I got strappy sandals and a don't be poor shirt. Von Dutch hat. <laughs> Basically, I'm chubby orange Paris Hilton. Kind of like taller than Snooky, but shorter than uh, Paris Hilton. Tramp stamp, bad hair extensions. Gotta have those nasty looking hair extensions. I never thought about that, but spray tanning must have been just the best thing ever for vampires. I mean, right there. Yeah. Maybe it was invented by them. Look, if everyone looks unnatural, we'll blend in. Right? That always cracks me up about vampires is that, you know, you always get this like, oh, we're outcasts from society because of the way we look. No, it's because you dress like Jack the Ripper. Man, go buy a polo, and nobody will give you a second look. Yeah, Dave, you're right, though. All you got to do is throw on a polo and speak in a British accent, and everybody will understand the fact that you're super, super pale. Right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that was savage. I actually, I was thinking about this a lot, because I was wondering about, like, why do the vampires always just, it's always leather coats. And even our main character in this, Darren, he dresses totally normal, and then he turns into a vampire, and he gets a cool guy leather jacket. I was thinking about this because vampires can't go out during the daylight, right? They have to do all their shopping right. at night. You know right. what's not open at midnight? J.C. Penny. You know what is open at midnight? <laughs> Sex toy stores. Have you seen <laughs> the you types of so clothing right. available? God damn it, Dave. That's why they always look like they're going to a bondage fetish party because that's the only <laughs> place available for them to buy clothes from. <laughs> I did not realize every vampire I've ever met is always wearing crotchless panties or edible ones. Oh my god! They must. None of them have socks except for pink ones. You very rarely get to see it, but if you were to pull up a vampire's pant leg, you'd see that they're all wearing novelty bachelorette party penis socks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're teenagers. We're emancipated now. We have our cool hot topic outfits. We are being raised by a 20-year-old John C. Riley. He plays the vampire that makes his assistant, and I am told by this movie, he is 20 years old. He was 20 when he was turned. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Vampires don't age. I'm eight years old. I'm just kind of big boned. Um, In this universe, vampires do age. They age at a tenth of the speed of normal humans. So he is the mental and roughly body equivalent of a 40-year-old. Okay. Let me counter with they never said that in the movie, and I didn't waste <laughs> my life on the fucking book. Uh, John C. Riley is trying to tell me he is 20 years old. Yeah. You should be glad you didn't, because after learning that fact that vampires age at one-tenth the speed, I decided to look up the oldest vampire in the books. 
and he was 800 years old and I started doing some mental math but yeah yeah in the books a, a two-year-old gets bit by a vampire I don't feel good I don't like that well it's a thing in the books Sort of. I mean, it eventually grows but you up. You said One they ate. Uh, yeah, yeah, still, no, I hate it. I hate all of it. Is this turning out like Sabrina the Teenage Witch where she fucks her dad or whatever in her boyfriend's <laughs> oh, body? No. What is going in these teen novels? Very V.C. Andrews. Here's where Not it gets okay. really weird. It's not even, it's barely oh. a teen novel. The target demographics age 8 to 16. What do you mean? Oh. Here's where it gets really weird. <laughs> I... Look, I, I I fell down a rabbit hole on these books, and it scares the shit out of me. All right, hang on. Let me find the tab here. So our main character, Darren Shan, has a weird thing about spiders in this movie, right? Right, right. So in the books, his fascination with spiders was so big that when he was little, he fantasized about a spider climbing down his throat, laying eggs in his stomach, which then would hatch and start eating him from inside out. What the fuck is wrong with this? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's... Ages no! 8 to 16. Are they trying to make everybody a Steve? Because those are the books that Steve would read. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't want to be a Steve. Glad you brought up Steve. Steve, no. in his vampire obsession in the books, used to drink his own blood to make himself feel like a vampire. Ages 8 to 16. <laughs> I mean, their main power was licking all of, like, licking their own (laughs) wounds, too. Like, let's not forget that's how they healed themselves. They have healing spirits. So if you cut off someone's dick, you got to have someone else suck it back on for you. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. You can't reach it yourself unless they turn Ron Jeremy. What the fuck? Eight to eight? How many emotionally well-developed eight-year-olds do you know out there that could be like, hey, you know, this is just poorly written fantasy. Let's not with any of it. There is a room called the Hall of Death where vampires are sent to be executed when they break the rules. How do you think vampires are executed by their society in this world? Uh, obviously, guillotine. knives to the heart. Knives through the heart? Okay, beautiful, poetic. No. Guillotine? No. Also, no. They get put in a cage, and then the cage is put on a chain, and then they just get yo-yoed into, into a pit of spikes until they're pin-cushioned to death. Okay, no, I like the that. royal I'm- yeet machine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they chop you up into little bits and they cremate your body. Ages 8 to 16. <laughs> you know, I would rather that my 8-year-old reads about getting chopped up than, like, wanting to sneak into your little sister's room at night. Oh, man. <laughs> Can oh, we talk man. about Darren? that? Because I, yeah. g- I don't care if my kid gets exposed to violence. I do not want them reading some kind of, like, flowers in the attic bullshit. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck was this movie? Yeah, I, okay. I think if you are going to write a vampire <gasps> story and you're going to use some semi-traditional vampire rules, you need to understand that this is an inherently kind of sexual energy you're bringing to your books and you need to be very goddamn careful when you put children in these books and movies because otherwise you get this and so there's what three separate occasions where darren like lusts over little girl's necks yeah and it's mostly his little sister he eventually gives in and bites his monkey girl girlfriend 
Yeah. But just so you know, she's only a year older than the girl who played his little sister in the movie. Okay, so it's just as bad still. So it's just as bad yeah. still. He just, keeps lusting after like his that? little oh. sister. What and is like wrong to the with point you? where she's like, What's going on? Darren, why are you in my room? You're freaking me out. Ugh. And he's just like, uh, sorry, yeah. I was pretending that I wanted to molest you. Okay, bye. And left. <laughs> <laughs> he left, and then he did it in broad daylight. Someone picked up a 17-year-old hitchhiker and didn't take him to a police station. Instead, they put him in back with their two small kids. And while they're all singing songs, he is just, like, hungry eyes and their necks and their and little And then leaning faces. into yeah. one of them. <clears throat> yeah, it's just, like, vampire no. feeding, no matter how... No matter how you try to portray it, vampire feeding always comes across as kind of a rape thing in it's most vampire yeah. movies. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's very much yeah, it's a it's the lusting that we were talking about right. that like, right. "Oh, I need to bite your neck." So like, just don't number one, don't have children involved in this in any possible way. They just can't. And especially don't I show me children with children like the goddamn monkey girl bite scene cuz it's just no, uh-uh. uh-uh. Don't pick up hitchhikers and don't <laughs> don't give them to your kids. They had John C. Riley. He was a vampire. <laughs> he was a vampire. He was a vampire. Sure. A full vampire. John C. Riley is a mostly straight man character. Just makes me sad. In Cirque du Freak, there's a couple points in the beginning where John C. Riley does sell me on it a little bit. He has a couple of points where he's being farcical about the myths about vampires and what they can really do and and it works but when he gets really serious and the drama gets high it it, it feels kind of flat and i'm looking for him to crack some kind of stupid joke life is meaningless but i'm still hoping death might not be oh fucking <laughs> yeah, I know, right? oh, that reminds me work. of that edgelord marky mark movie the hitman oh no See, max Payne. Max Payne. It's the that was the one. Juice. I always have to explain that to you. Admittedly, John C. Riley is a good actor. I wouldn't say he was great in this movie. But you no. had Willem Dafoe, who fucking delivered it. Oh, my God. Only oh, he yes. was in it more. He looked like Salvador Dali. He had Salvador yes. Dali-esque yes. facial hair, and it works with his unique vampire, face. Yeah, Vampire General Salvador Dali is essentially yes. the role that he's playing here, and it's wonderful. I love Willem. He goes 110% every goddamn stupid role he takes. I recently found out that when he played the Green Goblin, he insisted on being in costume for as many of the shots as he possibly could. They wanted to take him out of it a lot more and have him in like street clothes and show his face, and he said, no, fuck you, I'm the Gabo, and insisted on it. Which is great. <laughs> Fucking yeah, I mean, man. Face is not that different from the mask, so I did oh, not know yeah. that fact until you told Fair me. Fair enough. It. What I like about him in Cirque du Freak is that he really gives us this picture of this cool vampire world, and he is just magnetic in it. He really uh, chews through the scenery in a way that very that maybe only one actor in this movie does. Okay, Jay. Then who's the other actor? Michael Cerveris is the other awesome one. He plays the. I, I guess the villain of the movie, Mr. Tiny. Yes. Mr. Tiny was great. Oh, man. I don't totally understand what the fuck his character is supposed to be. He's just kind of some evil Loki character that's just creating chaos for the sake of it. But goddamn, this man of... could read me a cookie recipe and I would love it. He is oh, fantastic. Yeah. 
So some of you may know him as the boss, the FBI boss on Mindhunter, and he's kind of very much that character and Kingpin from the Daredevil <laughs> movie mixed together. First into one. With, with a little bit of magical powers. It's perfect. I absolutely adore him. He was, yeah, probably the second best character in the whole film. You're right. Yeah. There's a scene in the beginning of the movie where he opens his car door and lets Darren run in because he's running from John C. Riley because he just stole his fucking spider. Grand and he gets spider. in the car. And number one, you don't get into a car with Mr. Tiny. You don't make it to, like, pass the second location alive. This kid has clearly <laughs> never watched any fucking Lifetime movie, anything based on a true story. What is wrong with you? And the guy already says that he has your bike in the trunk, which means it's premeditated, and he's probably a process killer, so he has all sorts of fun shit planned out for you. And then don't sit in the middle between the two biggest yeah. fucking guys. Be by a door, dumbass. How did he even yeah. get in the middle? Like, why didn't someone sneak, like, scooch over? Why were they like, yeah, come sit in the middle of us? No, he had to do the over-the-lap thing, you know? Right, Ooh. right. Yeah. yeah just, just climb over <laughs> No matter lap. if you choose good. to give me crotch or butt, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. Judging by the seating and the way that he got into the car, it would have been Murloc's lap. So the greasy, dirty, you know, rat-infested vampires. Half-dead hobo. We really didn't get to see a lot of the bad vampires. So, like, what? They just suck people's blood and kill them? How do no. they get rid of the body? What are they? You know what I mean? Like, they right. didn't really give a shit with them. When they called them, when they first start referring to them, and they called them the Vampanese, I almost oh walked God. out of my house. I hated Because that I so thought much. it was going to be vampire chimpanzee hybrids. I'm like, no, no. Oh. If they are vampire monkeys, I am fucking leaving, and I'm never coming back. Yeah, the first time we hear Vampanese, it's coming from Willem Dafoe, and the way that he delivers it with his Salvador Dali mustache, I'm just saying, I got a very Gran Torino energy off of it. I was thinking yes. the same thing, where I was like, yes. oh yeah, that's a word you probably shouldn't say. <laughs> and then Ooh, I found out that- Willem, this is not very woke of you. I don't know who it's against, but we should probably spend at least a couple minutes on our titular Cirque du Freaks. Because <laughs> a lot of time on the vampire's assist and not so much on the cirque itself. So it's kind of, oh. to set the scene, it's kind of like the Continental in John Wick, but not as cool. It's like a neutral ground for all of the various yeah. vampire parties to meet up at sometimes. Yeah, I guess. And, yeah. and also sort of okay. shelters like some of them. I don't know. I don't know. They don't pull it off terribly well. Uh, no. But it does certainly live up to its freak show moniker because we've got quite a few of them. They've got a wolf boy that's just a dog with human testicles, allegedly. Uh, and it, that's really uh, all that is. It looked a lot like the uh, werewolf uh, from Werewolf in Paris. Like mid-transformation oh, yeah. when it was going yeah. through Kinda. that. Yes. And I couldn't tell yeah. if that was an intentional homage or just a really bad prosthetic. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say probably the second one. <laughs> is it is it better that they didn't CGI it and they gave us that like uh, rubber suit animatronic thing going on? Yeah, I think so. Like just for the energy of the scene itself, I don't think it would have been as good if we had just had some CGI wolf jumping around. Like, at That's least fair. it was real and in the scene and interacting with stuff, even if it did look very, very silly. He got to interact with Jane Krakowski's arm and rip it off, and she was a gem in this film. She's oh, like a but, human gecko. 
But I, I don't know. That her character was the creepiest part in this entire movie for me. We we got to see the the fucking spaghetti scene from Lady and the Tramp between her Ugh. finger and oh I don't God. know who one of the other creeps. Her and make Jones seven Jane. up yours. <laughs> <laughs> Share her finger. That's a, that's some nasty shit. That's oh some nasty I'm fucking bitch gagging. shit. What about the bones? I was super fucking annoyed by the angsty late teen or mid late twenties yeah. rocker snake guy. Oh yeah, Ever the Snake Boy. Anybody okay. else hear Evanescence in their head every time he was on screen? Sure. Yeah. Uh, he he has snake skin. He sheds, but it's like a sticky shedding. Oh, it's gross. He does it when he's shaking your hand. Yeah, that you have to wash it off or you'll get pink eye, which don't you get pink eye from scratching your butthole and from then rubbing your eyes? shit particles. I think what they meant to say is salmonella, but didn't want to make that <laughs> joke, so went with pink eye, because you can get salmonella from, like, lizards and shit and turtles. Can we talk about Joss Hutcherson? The first sure. thing he does... After he gets bit by a tiny person, it sucks on it. No wonder you have <laughs> evil blood. Mm, yeah. It's 2009. We're in the middle of a SARS epidemic, and you're going to yeah. put your mouth on stranger spit oh, in no, a non-sexual no. way? Might have been. You know what? If I get bit by a two-foot-tall gremlin... I just really hope it's my non-dominant hand because that thing's got to come off right now. This is vampire, <laughs> or this is zombie rules, man. Yeah, yeah. Point. I'm at least cutting the flesh around it. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know. We did get the backstory that he likes to drink his own blood, so that I mean, I guess it tracks. In oh. a article, oh they read about the book. That's not true. Not oh, the movie. He... We don't know that. We didn't Eight know that. Eight to 16. <laughs> Eight to 16 years old in a bookstore near you. Which brings into, that's how they heal themselves as vampires, as they lick themselves. So there's mm. a scene with John C. Riley and the main bad vampanese guy, and they like do a quick couple cuts to each other, and then they're like, finger licking good, their hands and shit. It's really no, weird and gross and i don't like that it's be it's better than you're describing it because yes the vampires heal themselves because they have healing spit so they have yes. to like lick their hand and then rub the wound which is gross but it's a unique yeah. spin on the vampire myth and the scene you're describing involves john c Riley and a bad vampire just hucking one dagger back and forth at each other <laughs> and then pulling it out of themselves licking the wound and throwing it back at the other one and it's not super well executed, but it's an interesting idea, and it's taking the rules of their world and applying it in a unique way to yeah. come up with something novel. It's really gross, but, like, I kind of respect the idea behind it. I hate it. it. Yeah, yeah. Hate the, it. the idea, the execution was meh, but the idea was really clever. There, there was almost some good ideas for the lore of the vampires in this movie, and I, I kind of would have liked to have seen that explored more. We got, uh, Jay, we got the scene you brought up where they did the bar fight sequence, but instead of running a guy's head along a bar, he was running it through a series of cinema seats and just splintering wood going everywhere. That was almost great. Yeah, it was, yeah. A really, it was a really clever idea of trying to showcase the power, but still pull off the same kind of gags. It didn't work terribly well because no. of the way that it was shot. And yeah, and also but that one of them right. was John C. Riley, and that just That's doesn't fair. work. I like, you know, I like having good vampires and bad vampires and the good vampires don't kill and the bad vampires do kill. And that's not necessarily a new idea, but it's always fun to change it up a bit. You ruin it by calling the bad guys vampanese. 
but <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't against Vampanese. I'm always against Vampanese. We've spent a lot of time on a lot of things that really had nothing to do with this movie. And that's usually not a good sign. So I need to know, 2009, Cirque du Freak, the vampire's assistant, colon, 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 Juice, would you watch it again? You know, the whole time that we're watching this, I just had this feeling like this is like Twilight, but better. Yeah, like low bar, kids but okay. In high right? school and vampire stories and the added circus element was a lot of fun. The soundtrack is something that we didn't get to talk about. I absolutely loved the soundtrack. It was cheesy. They, it really fit the time. I mean, your whole white stripe style audio, kind of edgy type of high school kid vibes to it. You know, I, I don't know if I would watch this again. I am sad that they didn't make more of them because this is obviously off of a book series that had some nine novels or whatever. And I would have loved to see them continue this and add more to the story because it did have a good world building effect. I don't think I'm going to sit down and watch this again, but I am going to buy the books. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay. Interesting. Keep an eye out at garage sales this summer. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it just, I, it was, I remember it. I'll remember. I don't need to watch it again. There was nothing that stuck out that I need to go back and see, but I need to revisit the world in a way. And I think the books are going to be the best way to do that. So Dave, you've had a little bit more experience with the books than I have. What did you think about the movie, the adaptation? Would you sit down and watch Cirque de Freak again? I mean, my experience with the books consists of 20 minutes of Wikipedia articles, but I guess that does <laughs> Okay, I more. thought I'd miss yes. something. I was like, yeah. oh, is this like Twilight where you like read the book to get laid? And if Ages yes, eight she to 16, you, she Casey. was too young. <laughs> <laughs> too young, Dave. She was oh, age eight to 16. I do agree that there are hints of a world and lore here that actually sound kind of fun and interesting. And I really wanted to like John C. Riley in it and Willem Dafoe as an insane vampire general. Salvador Dali is great. <laughs> but there's something we didn't talk about at all in this movie that I have to mention before I can tell you if I'd watch it again. There are multiple scenes of people dragging fingernails across chalkboards. There's extended ah. time spent listening to a huge hand-sized spider skitter about the building. A vampire <laughs> holds a dental drill against his tooth. This movie was exposure therapy for me. I have never been so uncomfortable watching a film as I was watching this. I physically can't watch this movie again. It is an impossibility for me. And I was so uncomfortable watching it this one time. And I'm not going to sleep right tonight. So no, I will not watch Cirque du Freak, Colin the Vampire's Assistant again. Jay, how about you? I You handled it, the noises of this film a little bit better than me. Are you going to watch it again? Uh, I, I, I agree with you about like Willem Dafoe, for example. And he has my favorite line in the movie. And it's in the beginning, which has got me really, really hopeful to be let down as the movie went up. But he says that they are the last of the Mofreakins. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, this is what I I'm in for. I knew you loved that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah that, is, loved that, that is my kind of trashy pun delivered by Willem Dafoe. And for that, that bit is always going to live in my memory. I also really love the idea of their vampire council and rules. And when I turned out to find out that it was in Vampire Mountain and super cheesy, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that, right? So, like, I was maybe interested in vampire politics, but, like, 
8 to 16, except for weird 8 to 16. <laughs> and it, it is at least against the vampire meta of the time, right? It's not Twilight. So that's good. But but there is another part of this that we didn't talk about, Dave, which is how much it spends on actually having a giant fucking head-sized spider. I fucking oh don't like God. spiders. This oh. thing crawls on people's face, up their shirts. It bites Josh Hutcherson, which he deserves, honestly. But... But other than that, it's crawling over. It's fucking horrible. No. It freaks me out. There is the finger eating scene, which made me fucking oh physically gag. And the fact uh, that this movie has no actual climax. Like, it just peers out. So, Eight to 16, good ideas. you shouldn't be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. God damn it. Eight to 16, you should be. So, so. Overall, good ideas, shitty execution. No, I will not be watching it again. So the question now comes around to you, Cirque du Freak, colon, the vampire's assistant, <laughs> would you watch it again? <laughs> the colon's so important. I love the best. I know. Every day. <laughs> we can't miss it. <laughs> Don't touch on it too much and wash your hands. <laughs> this movie had a lot of potential. I have not read the books. I have not read the wiki articles. There was some stuff I liked. I love the psychic bearded woman. I love a broad with facial hair who's going to tell me what's going to happen. I love that Orlando Jones is still getting work. Yeah. Great. That is good. Good job. Good for you, buddy. I'm sure you managed your money fine with the 7-Up thing, but hey, you can never have too much, right? Um, <laughs> and I'm glad that I watched this at least once to know that I will not watch it again. Ooh. Not with the kids they have in it. If they would have had two other leads i think this movie wouldn't have lost two million dollars i think it would have done really well but these bland little fuckers i couldn't do it well cinemites on that note the verdict is in all four of us agree we are not gonna sit down and watch cirque to freak colon a vampire's assistant again but it is up to you give it a watch yourself let us know what you think okay so i happen to pick a stinker Jay, what are you going to bring us next week? Well, you inspired me by to be my 17-year-old self, and there is nothing more that my 17-year-old self loved than Johnny Knoxville. So we're going to watch 2018's Action Point. What? 2018, the peak <laughs> of Johnny Knoxville's career. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring The Ringer, and I was like, no, no. Pack your shit and go. Okay. No. Okay. The- the IMDb synopsis of this movie is one sentence. A daredevil designs and operates his own theme park with his friends. That's like having the synopsis of we bought a zoo was they bought a zoo. <laughs> okay. Cool. Thanks, Jay. Find us on social, Facebook at sh.ttycinema, Twitter at Bad Movies, Bad People, and that's PPL. I'm on Instagram at casey.cinema or just plain old shittycinema.com. If you want to show us a little love, maybe send us some straps for our Hot Topic pants. Check out the Patreon page. And as always, let's turn out the lights. Leer at some kids. And go lick our wounds. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I don't know why I wrote it. <laughs>